We're back. <laughs> We're back. We're back with Scott Broski to talk a little bit more about the sewer district's response to COVID. Environmental Services has also been uh, somewhat involved with another uh, serious emergency situation recently, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. When when COVID hit, um, you know, there was a lot of unknowns and a lot of, uh, you know, action taken that, you know, in retrospect, some of which may have been overprotective, some of which may have been underprotective. You know, we were dealing with a lot of unknowns. So you were, you were working with the best information you had, you know, at the time to make decisions. One of the things that came out of, of that was the, a scientific approach to try and understand the prevalence of the disease in communities. And that was done by analyzing wastewater for COVID RNA and looking at the, the amount of the COVID RNA fragments in the wastewater, you could uh, trend that and based on that trend, uh, determine if you had an increase in disease in the community or a decrease of disease in the community. Uh, so we rapidly became involved with AOMWA, the Association of Ohio Metropolitan Wastewater Agencies, um, the US EPA. We wanted to reproduce what we do for some other bacterial and viral indicators uh, using technology called qPCR to look for the presence of those things to use that technology to look for the presence of, of covid in the wastewater and and to trend that to see to see how things were developing so the district very uh, quickly joined in that effort with the state the state then uh, governor uh, dewine funded uh, the Ohio Department of Health to put together a wastewater surveillance monitoring network. They got laboratories involved uh, at the universities so that they had common uh, methodology to be used across the state so you weren't comparing apples to oranges uh, and got the wastewater utilities to join in with them to provide wastewater samples uh, to those labs so they could do that analysis and then put together those trends to look and see um, how well you know we could use that data as a, a leading indicator as to what was happening with disease, and, and it was a leading indicator because for two reasons: one, asymptomatic individuals would potentially have the virus in them but not display any symptoms, and they start excreting the viral RNA even though they're not sick, mm-hmm. um, and that's not reported, and that's not reported because they're not going and getting tested, right. so you don't know. You know, how many of those people are around? And then the other individuals that would contract COVID, you would start excreting the RNA or the virus in your, you know, waste anywhere from five to 10 days ahead of becoming, you know, physically sick, mm. um, you know, developing all those symptoms and whatnot. So you you contract the disease, you start excreting it before you start becoming symptomatic. And so that becomes a component of the wastewater as well. So based on that trend, you could kind of see what the disease was doing. Was it getting worse in the community? Was it taking a turn for the better? You know, and things like that. So we became very involved with that. And at the same time, there was a lot of testing going on because people wanted to know if they had it. So they were going and getting tested. And you could also correlate that data to the actual test results. Um, at, at the time of that, there were certain areas in the Cleveland area that were showing 
and and as part of the epidemiology of all this, they were plotting every positive case based on your address so that they had basically like a heat map mm-hmm. to show where where in the communities, you know, is it really uh, a lot of disease versus, you know, maybe not so much. And there were these areas in Cleveland that were essentially not showing much disease at all. And it was just like, well, that can't make, you know, that doesn't make any sense. If everyone's getting sick with this, how are these, these areas where there's no one, you know, or very little disease being reported. So at the same time, we joined a study with Case Western Reserve University to do more targeted sampling. All of the other sampling that had been done for the state was based on the influent at our wastewater treatment plants. So we're sampling anywhere from like 300 to 700,000 people based on the water coming into the three different plants. The targeted sampling was going more to a a neighborhood level and looking Mm. at certain areas of the city where the heat map wasn't showing people reporting illness. Mm -hmm. And was it because they didn't have COVID or they weren't getting tested? Mm -hmm. And we were able to show very quickly through the data that there was plenty of viral RNA there. Those those individuals just may not have been going to get tested because, hey, I'm sick. I must have it. I'm not dying. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'll be okay not getting tested or a reluctance to, to feel safe about going to get tested. Or Whatever reason, they the weren't getting tested. Don't have the time and resources to go get right, tested. Right, didn't have the time or resources. And these are inner city populations. Mm-hmm. So by doing that and providing that information that, hey, there is issue in these neighborhoods – now they can direct resources. You can get that information to the, the Board of Health, uh, and they can go put pop-up testing sites in those neighborhoods. So now I don't have to go the 20 minutes away to get tested. I can go to the corner store or something like that, get resources out to those you know populations, those sensitive populations that may not have been comfortable going to you know wait in huge lines at the Cleveland Clinic or wherever mm-hmm. else to get tested. The other really interesting thing that came out of that work with CASE was – at the state level, they were just checking for the prevalence of the RNA. So we're trending it as, you know, for lack of better words, you, you know, you get a result, you plot it on the graph. Is the graph going up, down? Da, da. With CASE, they took the, the, the concentrated RNA that comes out of doing this analysis and then were able to take it another step to a whole genome sequencer. Oh, for variants. And the whole genome sequencer then does exactly that. It looks at it and it tells them based on the sequence of the genetics, am I dealing with the Wuhan strain? Am I dealing with an alpha strain? Am I dealing with a delta strain? Am I dealing with an Omicron strain? Or, you know, mm-hmm. as we go, you know, all of the, the variants that have come after the fact. And it was fascinating to see that data because when we were in Delta and we started to to, to hear about Omicron, as soon as Omicron hit, it was the dominant strain. It blew everything away. The peak just shot up because if you remember, Omicron was extremely contagious, Mm -hmm. but it was less potent, I guess, for lack of a better word, is that you got sick, but it didn't have the the severe effects effects or the, the, you know, the, as many fatalities resulting from it. So when Omicron hit, we saw this incredible spike and it's almost like everybody got it and developed some natural immunity. And that was right at the time where there was a lot of vaccination going on as well. It's around like so that's, January that, 2022, yeah. December 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And so that peak hit and then it really dropped off. 
know, there was still virus and there was still uh, illness in the community, but that Omicron surge hit and it, it may have almost been like a benefit that you got so many people with some natural immunity to it then because they actually had it. So they had those antibodies in their system. So we continue to participate in that. Uh, the science is evolving. They're, you know, they're trying to become uh, better with their methodology. Um, continue to trend things. There's still disease in the community. It's kind of sort of a steady state now where we just kind of see it, you know, plugging along. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot less people are going to get tested now when they don't feel well because they've become more uh, willing to live with it is in mm-hmm. terms of it's, it's, it's there. And I'm, you know, so the wastewater data now will probably be better than it was back then, because if we do start to see some sudden surge, um, it will be more of a leading indicator and, um, you know, it will be more of an indicator of what's really going on because people just aren't going to go get tested. Right. So wastewater being a more reliable indicator of, presence of these viruses in the community than people reporting than it. people going yeah. and getting tested. And now you have home test kits. So if you do a home test kit, you're not calling the mm-hmm. local board of health to say, hey, I just did a home test kit and I tested positive. Add me to your statistics. Mm-hmm. You test positive for it. You, you know, you know how you're feeling. You probably don't need to be hospitalized. You isolate yourself. You, you do what you need to do. You get well and you, you move on. But you don't report that like they were able to get um, when people had to go to a testing site and be tested. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of a beautiful thing. Everybody poops. So <laughs> yep. it's very yeah. unifying. Yeah. Proof is in the, <laughs> the something. One of the really cool things that's maybe that a topic somewhere down the road is when you want to know what species of fish are in a stream, you can go put a fishing pole in the water, you know, and try and catch it. That's an interesting or you way can to go get an ele- <laughs> you can go get electroshocking gear and try and shock it and identify it. Uh-huh. Or you can go grab a water sample and test, and for, test for the DNA genome? and it will find those different DNA sequences essentially from those species of fish and you can identify all the fish. The species of that fish in forever. that stream that you may have caught or not caught. So let's just say, do I want to know if there's a black-nosed dace in this stream? Well, I go get a water sample and I got the black-nosed dace genetic uh, you know, sequence. So I just go test, look for that sequence to find out if they're there or not. This is true. However, so, DNA flows downstream, right? So, like, it does. you don't it know does. what so, it's yeah. necessarily so, and, and we need yeah. the sequence, like, yeah. specific. And so that's really hard to do them. in a thing like Lake Erie because, oh, yeah. You know, that's a big thing. But mm. in streams. It's an interesting idea. You know, so. 